Hello, Dave Prowse here. And when I'm not performing my one-man show, The True Voice of the Dark Side, I listen to Here Goes Nothing on the Simply Syndicated Network. Right, back to rehearsals. Commander, tear this ship apart until you find those plans and bring me all passengers. I want them alive! And welcome to Crimes Against Food. I'm Gloria Lind. I'm Mia Steele. And uh, today we're going to be talking to you about food poisoning and contamination. For once, it's going to be an episode that doesn't make you hungry, I hope. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> if we do, something very wrong with you. <laughs> and you know, now we are justifying the title, the title of our, of our little show. Yeah. Crimes Against Food. Genuine, actual illegal things. Yeah, like actual illegal things you can do with food. <laughs> Not just us Not saying. just having a goblin pie. <laughs> it should be illegal. Crime against taste, but Truly real crimes. Yeah. yeah. Real life, everyday <laughs> crimes. Um, so it was quite fun doing the, the research for this episode. Because uh, I started looking... Well, it's funny if you're as dark and gloomy as you are, my age of glory. None of you can see, but she's made meticulous, careful notes about really dark topics. Actually, really dry topics, yeah. I have to say. Because my first point of, port of call with this I, was I thought... I, I wanted to kind of look at it from a historical perspective, mm-hmm. but I also thought, well, what's the kind of current legislation? In the UK, there is, you know, legislation surrounding how you prepare food, serve food, manufacture food. Like, there is there is a food standards agency, which was established in, according to my notes, 1998. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. But we're, we're, our food legislation... Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Before I get into this, I just have to apologise. But you you think, right... And this is what always put me off doing like um, any kind of food science at school. Yes. Is food is so kind of interesting and joyous. But my goodness me, food science is like the driest thing yeah. you've ever Strip read the in your life. right away, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. God. If you ever kind of want to feel completely dissociated from actual food, go to the Food Standards Agency website because it's it's very much in kind of eu jargon speak and 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 legal speak and it's like are you are you talking about food here yeah really (laughs) how did you manage to make this so dry (laughs) it was uh it was illuminating i hate that i hate that kind of thing when you start reading it and you realize you've been trying to read the same sentence four or five times i know you you keep going over it but because it's so long and convoluted and there's no break or punctuation. You don't see a comma for 10 lines. It's just, oh, it's awful. I know, I was quite disappointed because I was like, but this is a subject I'm yeah. interested in. And it should be something that you kind of devour. But And and also, yeah, le- the, the law regarding food preparation and things like that, you know, can affect people, especially if you're an amateur or, or kind of domestic cook and say you want to provide food at a social occasion or yeah. whatever, on a store. There are certain... There are certain things you have to follow um, if you're going to serve of food course, in yeah. that informal I never way. Thought about that. Yeah, if you're if you're kind of if people are paying for food, there are certain f- things that they have you have to follow. Um, if you're not if they're not paying for if they're not paying for it, well, it's their own. Yeah, yeah, takes you, yeah, takes your burger and you takes your chances. But um, 
<laughs> if, if you're paying food, paying for food, even if the organisation is a voluntary organisation, you you have to follow all sorts of uh, legalities. Well, yeah, because then they'll be liable, won't they? Yeah. they they've set you up yeah. as it was. Yeah. So yeah, no but no poisoning I, allowed. I, I must say, I love those stories about people who can't who have a dinner party for the first time and or have friends around for tea and poison everyone. God, it's the worst thing though, isn't it? It would be if, if, if you were the poisoner. Yeah, well, that's the thing, because you're the, like, you're so culpable. You know, that that is the, you, you start to realise there's this kind of responsibility to not kill your friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the great thing is, I mean, obviously when you're cooking, what's more natural than just to pop a cork? And and have and have a nice glass of wine. Well, and really good. relax into it. Yeah. And start kind of wildly tasting your food until all your senses are just numb from the vino. Uh, <laughs> and when you finally dish it up, you don't know you could be serving anything. It could be cat meat. Yeah, it probably, probably is. <laughs> oh, this didn't work. Should we just have cat meat? No. <laughs> yeah. No, not go not working for you. Okay, cool. <laughs> but actually we should talk we should talk about the domestics because there's kind of two sides to this. There's yes. the, there's the domestic sphere and what you do at home. And then there's also kind of, you know, what you buy and, and eating outside of the home, which are affected by this. Now, the Food Standards Agency website, although incredibly dry, did have some very kind of brought home some interesting things, which is, first of all, when you say food poisoning straight away, yeah, I was like salmonella, listeria, E. coli. Yeah. Didn't think of botulism until I googled a little bit further and went. Licking bits of raw chicken. Botulism. Yeah. Botulism. That's bad, isn't it? It's flipping bad. <laughs> it's quite depressing. But as the Food Standards Agency website brought to my attention, mm-hmm. uh, there are more than there is more than just microbiological contamination of yeah, food. Yeah, because we, I mean, we brought this up to purely. I think we wanted to talk about being sick and stuff for a little bit, didn't we? Yeah. We, and instead. It opened up this whole can of worms. We just wanted to talk about vomiting, but there's there's different ways that can cause you to vomit. Yeah, there is, of course. And th- when I was reading this, I was going, "Oh God, you know, <laughs> chemic! This is a dark and murky world that we're about to enter here." Seriously, not only is it is the legislation incredibly dry, but like the consequences are kind of slightly terrifying. It's not just like I might vomit. Um, or, or something like that. But, you know, I could be experiencing a chemical contaminant to my food. How would you ever... I mean, if you were made ill by a chemical con- contaminant, how would you ever find out? Do you know what I mean? How would you ever trace it? How would you realise that what you had wasn't just... I think that must be, like, the co- the causes. It must be ongoing. The symptoms must be extreme, surely. Yeah. Or nobody would ever be correctly diagnosed. Exactly. Or, you know, it's, it's this case of after the effect. After mm. the fact, the kind of diagnostics, they kind of narrow it down to, oh, well, we, well, we think you were poisoned with this. Yeah. Or, you know, there appears to be a large group of people who are all exhibiting the same symptoms. Oh, God. You know, which it must take a while, though, to identify. And if you have, I mean, we were talking about kind of specifically a particular drive through restaurant where there were there were some dubious practices. This is a very dark story. <laughs> there was, um, Cover I, your ears, children. I, I, I worked in a fast food place when I was younger, and um, and they used they had they, they they had all this metal work around, you know, this stainless steel because surfaces and cupboards and things. It's easy to clean. Yeah, it's so easy to clean. It doesn't it doesn't store dirt, so it doesn't. But it does show grease marks, which of course we were touching them all day. It looks mottled and horrible by the end of the night, and so people would, would use Ajax 
which is a kind of um, a chemical powder. But you had to use it wet or the airdrops would just float through the air and land on the food, in the sauces, on the surfaces, in the fat, <laughs> things like that. Uh, but um, unfortunately... Ajax is an irritant. It won't kill yeah. you, but it'll. you shouldn't ingest it. No, you shouldn't. And not in quantities. And unfortunately, and this is actually, you know, it wasn't... The managers were never present when these practices were being abused. But they, they would use it dry because, <laughs> because it was more efficient to get the grease marks off the things. And the poor... Yeah. The, the kids there were 16 thinking about how, ba- how best they could get out and get home, you know. And so they do this. And you do kind of stop and pause and think... There is a reason for this. Yeah. There's a, there's a reason I shouldn't be doing this. But I don't care right now. So yeah. here you go. <laughs> I've got half an hour before my yeah. bus goes. I want to go now. Screw you all. You do. You totally do. And, and you can understand how these things happen. I've, and that's somebody running a business will take just that one little shortcut, you know. That the is corner. totally, I can imagine that is just completely the way that it happens. Yeah. Is, is, is how, how that thing's... Or you can have things like, as I was, I was uh, looking up for the more extreme chemical yeah. contaminant, contaminants. And actually, this is a contaminant of water, but therefore it can be a contaminant of food. Arsenic. Arsenic. You can, you arsenic, can be, anyone? Yeah. You can be poisoned by arsenic. And not like some, like some you know, uh, someone kind of yeah, from but, a Regency kind of trashy <laughs> novel. But wait a second, does that happen? You know, when somebody goes in with like arsenic poisoning from a natural source, do they, when they're told, they automatically think, oh dun, my God, he, he, he's gone behind my back and got on the really good life insurance, hasn't he? I can't believe it. <laughs> I know there was a case recently where someone actually did, she poisoned her husband and it was either her friend, husband and friend or her ex-husband and his lover or something like that. But he, he died and she poisoned him with arsenic and she cooked, him, she cooked them both a big curry. They <gasps> came home, said they were feeling... They, they, you know, it would all be nice, but they felt unwell. Yeah. And in the morning, he was dead because she'd poisoned oh my him. God. And she actually had used arsenic because she'd got it from India and put it in the curry. Oh, my God. How dark is that? I mean, if we're talking about poisoning and chemicals, I have to say that women, like, if, you, if, they, if they're going to commit crimes, right, yeah. because they tend to be... Uh, societally women tend to be less confrontational Mm -hmm. just because you know that's the way we were raised isn't it yeah and uh but also and also tend to be trusted around in a kitchen yeah tend to have the responsibility and and tend to have kind of an awareness of 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 the bits of the kitchen that maybe a person who also lives there and is lazy does not yeah, so exactly. They, they wouldn't be suspicious if you if you picked up a pot and shook some contents into a, a vat or whatever. No, you'd they'd take a word for it. And plus, I mean, the ch- if if you try to bludgeon someone, and and if it's a he and he's bigger than you, the chances are he might fail. <laughs> yeah, he exactly. might quite easily fend you off. Seeing as they're about thirty five percent stronger than you, and um, and he's like, you know, poison. It's our only recourse. Yeah. So we've got to just got to do it. We've we just have to do it. Just really? stop pissing us off. Yeah. So here's a little tip. Yeah. If you ever are going to be a real asshole or or your partner is slightly schizo, yeah. just um yeah, make sure you know. Make sure you know how to cook because yeah. you I'll just buy in all the time. Yeah, you really don't want to hand over your the food no. preparation to the person who's really really pissed off. I mean, I've told I've told various stories. I told this one before about my mother defrosting something really quickly. 
in, in hopes of cause of making her, her ex-husband ill. Seriously. But I think she was having a bit of a demented day, to be honest. She's only in her 20s. She was just a kid. Yeah. She didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she knew enough, you know, to put me on top of a gas fire <laughs> in, its, in its polystyrene packaging and kind of sit grinning evilly to herself thinking, ha this is the end of you. But and unfortunately, it didn't work. Not in, a, not in the slightest. Never caused him so much as a burp. Yeah. She was watching him with anxious eyes for two days thinking, come on, come on, at least vomit something, be ill. I'll pay you back somehow. No, 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 no such luck. Nothing, nothing. Yeah. There is something slightly more horrifying about someone like kind of, you know, like people and there are, have been cases of it. It's not just like in a murder mystery novel, mm. women gradually poisoning someone Yes, as well. I mean, it, it's, it can be men as well, but quite often because it, it's ingested and it goes in food. Quite often it's women. Although there was the Russian spy who died in London. Of course. Recently. I can't remember what poisoning that was barium or something that was pretty that was that was disgusting actually it was disgusting but it was also like oh my god are we living in a 1980s spy novel yeah it was the weirdest maddest thing didn't he die with all kind of symptoms of somebody who'd been exposed to the wrong stuff not just through food but i mean it was like radiation poisoning or something yeah he died he died looking like a victim of radiation it was awful. But I was just, just go back to the kind of the whole feminine slant of poisoning. Do you know, you know, I think it's so horrifying. I think why the Victorians loved the, the idea of it so much is because it's, um, it's really well thought out, isn't it? Oh, po- yes, poisoning kind planned. of, it isn't, it isn't like you just pick up a knife and it happens to connect with someone's throat. And it was a moment Spare of madness. Moment, yeah. yeah. It's, it's the planning and, and consistently and doing it and doing it every day. Yeah. It's pretty. Oh, oh, oh. Women, why would you trust them? <laughs> why? <laughs> I was going to say, no, I'm not going to say that. No, no, it's, yeah, it's devious and, and, and disturbing. But yeah, arsenic poisoning. Mm-hmm, go um, on. You can get arsenic poisoning just from, just from well water because it occurs naturally and it might just be like in, in the water supply. And apparently the, the article, I have to say that, tells you about this is quite funny because there's a bit in it when she where it kind of obviously is so enthusiastic it's that it appears to be a, a harvard kind of college kind of site i'm not sure about this but it's so enthusiastic about kind of going interestingly these people only had cysts amazingly some people have advanced lung cancer which you can get you but have never been smokers which <gasps> is the effects of arsenic poisoning gosh lee that's yeah. amazing it really is like that it's uh <laughs> you, you kind of look think, at what yummy tidbit i found on yeah. the lives of these poor sufferers. Ooh, that's it. They find the extraordinarily surprising result that ingested arsenic in chili has produced lung cancer at a rate greater than that of a heavy cigarette smoker! Exclamation mark. Wow. <laughs> you know, if you're trying to kill somebody with arsenic poisoning by making them die of lung cancer, that's a pretty long game you're playing, isn't it? Well, no, this is just an, an unexpected... Just a naturally occurring source, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it's, it gives, gives all something to think about if anybody's yeah. being really annoying. Yeah, yeah, you know. <coughs> yeah, but pretty... What if they're a smoker and... I think that <laughs> just kind of... I, I think it, it covers that. It says, uh, yeah, if you if you smoke, you kind of have... have nil chance. Yeah, just nil. Nil, completely nil. But it's, um, it leaches, it's because it's used in so many processes as well. It comes from mining, so mm-hmm. that gets into water supplies. But um, 
Also, arsenic was widely used as a pesticide. Holy Oh my god. Hell. What the hell? And then of course we get into pesticides getting into food supply, which is another leaching often it's leaching into water supply. Yeah. But then there's the in in food production. There's a case of a girl who who suffered from um this is in the UK and I think she's actually successfully campaigned for the rules to be changed about when you can spray crops because she um she suffered from kind of uh what are they kind of like you know like chronic fatigue which is diseases of the nervous system yes so you know chronic fatigue me those kind of things and um when she was growing up she lived in a farm and um fields right by the house and yeah, no, she lived next to a farm, fields by, right by the house, and she would be playing out in the garden whilst they were spraying crops. Oh, my God. And d- in- inhaled inhaled all the pesticides and, and kind of gathered enough evidence to suggest that there was a link between her ingesting those those pesticides and the illnesses that she later suffered. That's really tragic. I know, it is. It's, a, it's incredibly tragic, but also kind of shows, you know, when you're looking at food poisoning and contamination you have to look at the whole stage of the process by which food is produced. So, you know, you're not... I mean, that wasn't necessarily a case of food contamination, but it was contamination and poisoning to a person because it was involved in the food food production production. process, which is to do with pesticides. And there's been, you know, there's there's tons of stuff about what pesticides in the water supply do to fish and birds and, you know, all of that. DDT, yeah. which is now you can't use DDT now, but you know that that strong poisoning to the rest of the ecosystem. Oh God, it's nice. It's cheery this episode, isn't it? I'm quite depressed now. Oh, sorry. I was feeling quite cheery when we we're talking about just poisoners and murderers and <laughs> etc. <laughs> but involuntary yeah. pesticide poisoning, aproned women lurking in kitchens, tipping bottles, and now it's just oh and yeah, God, yeah, gloomy. That, that was yeah. Now it's gloomy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, it's really gloomy. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, let's cheer ourselves up. We could we could move on to a, another category of poison because I think chemical poisoning of food is pretty grim. Yeah, really. And I mean, I and think so preventable. W- what's so depressing is that it's kind of it's can you know if it's going to happen to you, it's not like your behaviour to your spouse can say save you, is it? You can't just not get it by being a nice person and yeah. making sure you have use chicken board <laughs> things like that. You know, it's um. Oh. Grim. Yeah, and once it's happened, it's quite hard to reverse. Shake well. off. You, yeah, that's you the can't other just thing. vomit for three days and yeah, have done and with it. Yeah, and then recover from it. You can, you know, it can have long-term oh, lasting gosh. effects. Um, Do you know something occurred to me because we were talk- oh, we were going to talk about lighting the mood a little bit with probably more personal experiences. Yeah. Is, is that what you were going, Gloria? Yeah, yeah. yeah I was, yeah. I was going for that. I was going for. I was kind of going either for microbiological or physical uh, contaminants. You know, we could do one or the other. I'm going to launch into microbiological. I think. Yeah, let's just go there. With um, just to say before yeah. we start, microbiological. That means what you normally think of as yes. food poisoning. That's that's vomiting from bacteria that have kind of got into your food yeah, in some way, and, and the main bugs that cause food poisoning e coli listeria Ugh. botulism salmonella all of those delightful ones oh, and they God. normally involve vomiting yeah. copiously <laughs> <laughs> or the other thing 
Or the other end. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. other end. Or well, both. Or both. At the same time. I mean, if you're really lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you hope that you've got two porcelain kind of <laughs> containers of such waste <laughs> within, within kind of shouting distance of each other. Yeah, if your sink is anywhere within grasp whilst perched on the loo, you're 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 a, you're a lucky you're a lucky victim. But um, I I went on the internet too because obviously the internet is just our our, our playground, isn't it? I went in there tr- and just typed in kind of common food poisoning types, and I got about twenty five results for rice. Yes, and I was just saying to you before we started, and I think I might have to correct myself because I was saying I've never had rice food poisoning, nor do I know anybody who has ever told me but it's about co- it's cooked rice, rice isn't, isn't it? it it's cooked rice you cook rice and the, to just break it down very, very briefly um if you don't refrigerate it, if you leave it at room temperature the spores that don't die in the boiling process then blossom into bacteria because they've got lots and lots ah. of carbohydrate food on yeah remember most life form requires some form of sugar well at least bacteria some form of sugars of course water starches. warmth yeah all it needs and um and so all, all that's plentiful with, with rice mm. sitting on a, in an open bowl on your kitchen counter, just nicely kind of warming away, <laughs> and um, and 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 I think the basic advice is don't reheat it. If you need, if you need to keep it longer, and instead of consuming it straight away, you refrigerate it. And, yeah, um, and I never knew this yeah. until about five years ago when my friend said, "Don't, don't reheat the rice." Yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? Yeah. It, but then maybe that's just because it's England and you're more likely to kind of die from overeating chips and things and <laughs> you know how often did you know people who was making rice randomly on for their tea <laughs> if mum was in charge it was like to be fish fingers wasn't it and things like that but um and I re- I remembered when, the one time I had serious serious food poisoning and I, I had actually eaten rice and I've always always attributed it to it to um to some rather questionable sashimi I ate at a sushi restaurant mm. but Thinking back, I can't guarantee that my rice was actually chilled either. Yeah. So it, and and it was fairly potent. I was ill for about five days, and the other thing that that, that crammed it up in the end was um two emodium at once, which was a risky move because that can just <laughs> that can be as bad as food poisoning. It turns your insides to absolute rock. <laughs> but I was getting on a boat for a week and I was going to be sleeping in a hammock and I thought I don't want to be in the direst of circumstances kind of you know having accidents shall we say of a really dark nature oh, that is the in worst. a hammock Dude. unable to get to the oh. bathroom what would you do then I'd just have to throw myself overboard and commit Harry Carry in shame no oh. but um and so I took the Imodium as a desperate desperate measure and it, it sort of it slowed it to a, a near human trickle but it was it was touching. I was I was literally fainting on the street. It was it was so bad, and yeah. it's the only time I've ever ever experienced anything so quite so vicious. Yeah. But it could have been the rice. Maybe I have experienced the rice. Put the rice yeah. poisoning. I think I think you know that's the thing you underestimate because you yeah. always think it's meat. Of course, meat is the thing that you have to be really careful with. You know, in my head when I'm doing food preparation is yeah yes. meat. But actually, yeah, it it can be it can be rice. It's just that I I've got this great site which has actually got a US kind of statistics on this. Oh god. But um it's slightly t- terrifying. This is from Nutrition Wonderland. <laughs> Those crazy food <laughs> nutritionists. An in-depth guide to the world of nutrition. And um it's estimates suggest okay this is an estimate but 
maybe as many as one in four Americans, which is about 75 million people, suffer from foodborne illness once every year. <gasps> While another 350,000 pe- less fortunate people are hospitalised and 5,000 die. Or food poisoning. Food poisoning. Because this is the thing. You see, quite a lot of us will have experienced mild food poisoning yeah. where we vomit for a couple of days or, you know, I had this horrible one. I don't know if it was gastric flu or it was food poisoning, but seriously, couldn't eat anything without vomiting and it was oh, no. just unpleasant. Uh, it was like the weirdest thing I've ever experienced, not thinking about food. Wow. Yes, because it's strange, isn't it? It changes your very kind of brain chemistry because all of a sudden the idea of eating becomes associated with sick. Yeah. And you just couldn't, the thought of it. I mean, luckily your appetite swiftly returns. <laughs> and you start thinking, my God, I must have been delirious. What was I thinking? I'm never going to eat this again. The rubbish, I love this. But um, but I think that's what's so disturbing about food poisoning, especially when it's the, the kind of the domestic thing where you, or you've eaten out or something. You've done it to yourself, haven't you? You've actually made the hand to mouth move. Yeah. And ingested something willingly. Yeah. And I think one of the things that you have is like it being now that we kind of we manufactured food, the scale of the problem can be bigger. And this is where you get into those cases where you get hundreds of people falling ill and some people dying. And when I was doing the research, I was looking up at that. I was trying to find the big cases which have had of kind of affected legislation. Kind of, I'm kind of some kind of vulture. I'm like, tell me all the things where people congested food and how it happened. And it, yeah. it does make you think kind of this is, well, in some ways, when you kind of compare it to like, you know how people ate hundreds of years ago you're like wow we are quite safe we're quite legislated but then how we eat is much more complicated like you know you you didn't if you were kind of just cooking for you and yourself okay if you messed up then it affected you and and and, and yours and that, yeah. that was it but if you're manufacturing thousands 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 of cans and you mess that up yeah then you've affected possibly thousands and thousands of people. So was, when I was looking up, I was, trying to, I was trying to find out about mass cases of food poisoning in the UK. Mm. But apparently you can't, there isn't, you didn't, they didn't really start documenting them until like the kind of late 1900s. Actually, when you think about it, just the local authority taking, noting down if people have reported cases through their doctor yeah. of certain things. And obviously the National Health Service kind of would help with this because then you had a national service where you could document if people were being admitted to hospital with certain certain diseases or things. And then you start to get onto this really like crazy stuff. So I was like, okay, so what kind of cases was there? 1964, people died in Aberdeen from typhoid where did the typhoid come from it wasn't like they were kind of like some orphans in some yeah (laughs) victorian novel oh no the typhoid took my mother and my father (laughs) yes sir can i have some more no this is 19 well you know it was aberdeen it's 64 it's 1964 1964, human memory that's crazy and um from corned beef it was corned beef Corned beef, what, what, what did did from? And you think that kind of canned food is was kind it of just safe? really unappetizing? Yeah, it was, just like, oh, man, <laughs> it was mostly corn. fat that batch. Yeah. <laughs> no, apparently it was corned beef from Brazil, and it was made 
and they used kind of river water or something to cool the cool the water on the plant it got into some of the meat which was then canned and processed and it had typhoid in it and uh, that infected all the cans and that batch was shipped over to Aberdeen which then like so simple loads of people so straightforward like the backstory is so straightforward isn't it yeah we washed it in some dirty water yeah Uh, we used it in our processing and oh well it turns out there's typhoid in it what do you know which is, and the ones like that are the more scary ones because actually there's not a whole lot you can do about that. No. You, you know, it's like, you're not, yeah, you can't, you can't legislate against that. You can't go around and inspect the plant in Brazil. You just kind of have to say, hope that Brazil yeah. has reasonable food standards as well. And it's not like, oh, I poisoned my friends because I didn't use the right kind of chopping board. It's like you unsuspectingly ate some corned beef and it turned out to be, and also, it's not like you were eating really dodgy stuff. You know, when you kind of eat, eat something and you're kind of like taking a punt. Yeah, this is new. This, this could hurt me. But it's corned beef. Yeah, it's corned beef. You don't think of corned beef as no, being... It's, it's corned beef hash. It's cooked. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's... Your nana handles it, for God's sake. Yeah, you It's got to be fine. It's got to be absolutely fine. No, no. It's, uh, it's, it's got typhoid in it. Doubt that's likely to happen now, but still. I mean, we're making light of it, but that's, that's horrible. 19 people. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly the exact numbers, but I know that people did what, did die. What's the what are the symptoms of typhoid? Um, it's pretty ghastly, I think. Typhoid. I think it's kind of. Um, I, I'm going to look it up because I can't remember the exact details, but I think it's high fever, kind of going really red, uh, vomiting. I think it's a pretty gruesome. Yeah, I think it's um, yeah. Gastric fever, um, so it is, yeah, profuse sweating, gastroenteritis and non-bloody diarrhoea. Oh. Yeah, yeah, headache, uh, rose spots, hemorrhaging. That's awful. Oh, yeah, no, nasty, nasty, nasty disease. Yeah. Gosh, we are cheery this episode, aren't yeah. we? <laughs> yeah. What about you, Gloria? Have you ever poisoned anyone or have you poisoned yourself or have you eat, ever eaten anything that's resulted in you being, you know, I'm, ill? I think I probably poisoned myself. Like, I've kind of, I've had a stomach <laughs> upset and thought, yeah, I bet that was something I ate. And that was probably me that yeah. prepared it. Oh, no. But, you know, see, because sometimes, sometimes I can be a little bit like, I never mix chopping boards. So, yeah. Wash my hands before I prepare food. Mm-hmm. Never mix chopping boards. I uh, wash, wash my chopping board if I'm chop meat on it between. Those of course, separate yeah. those things. But you know, yeah, sometimes I kind of taste food and put the spoon down and reuse it. I reuse the pan. I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, because it's human, isn't it? And yeah. and you, you're not you running, you're not running a business, are yeah. you? It's not it's not a professional yeah. kitchen, so you don't. Yeah, I'm kind of like I think I know I know what these things can be done so that's all right yeah, I mean, i've never had real major major no, no problems but um yeah it reminds me of i, I suppose there's an element of this also you know, you're not going to buy rows of equipment to to kind of cater to yourself are you for your own home you're not going to have five different sets of cooking utensils and things no for the different stages yeah of cooked <laughs> and raw and things it, it's pretty, unless you eat kosher yeah well 
Yeah. You don't. I don't. No. <laughs> but it puts me in mind, didn't you tell me something about, about a butcher? And in, in the details of the story about the butcher who killed some people. Yeah, no, this was E. coli, 1996. 21 people died in the UK and uh, in, in Scotland. And it came from the, the, they traced the E. coli outbreak to a butcher's shop. And it was because, like you say, um, apparently you kept the place clean, but what was happening was cross-contamination. Bad practices, yeah. By taking shortcuts, by not having separate knives that you use for chopping up carcasses and chopping up the cooked prepared meats. Because he said, if you sell, if you butcher and you sell pies and things as well as yeah, the cuts of, of meat. Or even, you know, I mean, butchers used to make their own, didn't they? Yeah. They'd, and sausages Braun as well. We'll probably be doing things, the, yeah. the, in, in the thing as well. So it's oh, it doesn't bear thinking about. I know. It's a, so it's a place of food processing, and it's, so his his place was clean. He was just not separating out those things, and you know you sh- he should have had. Which you know it kind of creates in me a deep well of respect and appreciation for a, a good local butcher, somebody who's professional and takes it seriously, and it's not just you know money. I know it's a profession. Yeah, and it is. There is a level of skill because there is a kind of, it's like kind of cottage industry food, food preparation. Mm. It's like a small a butcher's shop is a kind of small factory of food, yeah. food prep, isn't it? And the proprietor is, is responsible for the whole chain of it, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's quite a big undertaking when you think about it. The qualification you'll have to have and the awareness you'd have to have. Yeah, and and to supervise your staff and make sure they don't do the yeah, age of course. On the and it, yeah, well, ha <laughs> oh, oh, that was that was never me, honestly. <laughs> but um, no, there was never any reported cases of people being irritated or anything. <laughs> irritated, <laughs> deeply irritated inside. <laughs> Day. but um, you know, I could be irritated by the experience of eating in that chain, but that was not to do with the agents. <laughs> yeah, but um, but, the, but when you think about it, also kind of you know it's a big undertaking to kind of set up a business like that. Then I suppose, yeah, it's not as if it's just you and a knife and a sharpener, is it? And a block, mm-hmm. it's, and um, it's everything that goes with it. Which is why, and you don't get a massive return. Which is why good butchers are getting increasingly hard to find. Yeah, no, yeah. A good butcher is why I don't know why. Why did you go there? Why did I go there? <laughs> I don't know. Do you remember when it you used to be cool? <laughs> that th- there was never a time when I was honestly, cool. honestly. Maybe maybe when you were like nineteen, you were so cool you didn't know it, and then it's just been a slide, a slide I, into uncool territory. I had a message from my friend uh, <laughs> this morning, which really made me laugh. She said, uh, "Looking back at my diary from when I was travelling in Australia yeah. five years ago." And I wrote, I will know when I'm old, when I take a dressing gown on holiday. That day has come. Oh, no. (laughs) That is amazing. That is amazing. Uh, (laughs) Which I thought, yes. (laughs) Yes. I found myself talking to him. My friend's boyfriend is younger than her. And, you know, he's not like 15 or anything. (laughs) He's, He's perfectly legal. But he's still young enough to have a bit of energy. And a bit of go and be able to kind of do a day's work after a night out, that kind of thing. And um, and I spent about 10 minutes justifying why I'd gone to bed just before midnight <laughs> because I felt like such a granny. It's like, well, it's a it's a reasonable time, you know. I mean, I can't, I, I need some sleep. I go to work. I work. I have a job. I have a job, you know. I have and a he, job. I have a job. He was looking okay. at me like I was an absolute nutcase. <laughs> but I felt really under pressure to kind of excuse why I'd gone to bed at like half 11. Uh, it felt really, really ancient. Uh, I know. Well, you know, I I am actually ancient this year. I will turn thirty this year. No, it's true. I really will. 
I, I kind of not I quite just turned 29 and I'm grappling with it. It's not quite sunk in yet. I keep saying I'm 29, but <laughs> it's like it's like you're actually 90 percent of that. me is still rebelling, going no. No, you're not. You're, you're 28. Not. You'll never be 29. Oh, I know. I'm still 26 in my head. Oh, well, in my head, I'm like 13. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's just my face. My face looks my age. Oh, in- no. Inwardly, I don't feel it at all, but kind of like the signs are beginning to show. Oh, grey hairs. Yeah. Oh, don't even talk to me about it. It's, it's shocking. I shocking. Could, Let's I return could, to food yeah. poisoning. God. I'm, I'm so upset by it. I could, I could go and rub my face on some raw meats. <laughs> <laughs> That was the other thing, actually, to segue into that. <laughs> but the other thing about these, the food standards agencies, they had a their kind of selection of booklets which are produced for business, kind of illustrating what the law is and, and how, you know, what you should follow. So, you know, it's kind of like things like when you're preparing food, you tie back your hair, you don't chew gum, you don't smoke. Um, <laughs> yeah. I used, which are actually, when I used to work in bars, like after hours, like people would be behind the bar smoking and I'd be like can get out from behind the bar just put your cigarette down before you go i know it's after hours but still that's gross and i know it's yeah. not food but it's still gross um oh it is it is great you know and no no eating you know when you're preparing food no hands basically oh. no hand touching mouth yes and wash your hands before you prepare food and all these simple things you're like yes yes it's all completely normal um i would that's a very expected thing that you would have in these guidelines for businesses and then the one that caught my eye was this toilets must not open directly into rooms where you handle food no shit sherlock yeah blow me that's that's a shocker what kind of kitchen has well, toilet on the kind of adjoining side? Wait a second. Open directly. Do they mean it can open kind of obliquely? Sort of if, if it can open onto a corridor that's leading off? Because I bet it does, you know. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, does. It can. That's yeah, fine, that's isn't it? that's fine. And, and, just, and, and I, I, think, got... I think it's something to do when you flush. I, I won't specify, but particles oh. can go as far as six feet. In, oh, in, like in, in in a sort yeah. of radius surrounding area yeah because the force of the flush drives them up now you're thinking about how close your toothbrush is to your to your to your bathroom aren't you yeah yeah, yeah you are I, I did i did too when i heard it oh that's rank I, I stopped worrying about it though you know i mean i've been doing it for years yeah <laughs> i must be fine fine. Yeah. fine well you know it's your own it's your own bacteria yeah I was thinking, but, you know, me and my bacteria are kind of uh, we're we're in a happy we're colony. In sync. Well, I did know I did once meet this person who whose mum was a food standards inspector. Oh my god! And um, he said that whenever whenever he and his sister ate outside the home when they were kids, they got ill <laughs> because she was so their their house was so their standards of hygiene were so high. Oh. In their house, they hadn't even encountered any little bugs and developed some kind of like you know immunity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, the so poor things! The little weakling children drooping on the way home. Yeah. Oh, oh god! So upset to be again. <laughs> the burger was nice, but why, mummy? Why? Oh, why? <laughs> Just gotta build up your immunity. Yeah. Every so often we go to the burger van. <laughs> you know, I feed you some kind of. We get her out for kebabs. You know, she oh, takes them out, wakes no, them up, wakes them up late at night. Uh, <laughs> wakes them up. Come on, children, we're going out. Kebabs, <laughs> mummy, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. It's part of your training. Come on, come on. <laughs> We've got to go to the chicken hut. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, 
not disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. I mean, not not to bring Yorkshire Fried Chicken into it again because this is just free advertising. <laughs> but there's a place called YFC Yorkshire Fried Chicken, which is just unbelievably funny, isn't it? It is. Yorkshire Fried Chicken. <laughs> Come on, children. Let's go to the YFC. <laughs> <laughs> What's that man doing, mummy? <laughs> He's just scratching his ass, dear. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> this is what we call a transfer of germs. <laughs> <laughs> mummy never does that. No. No. What, Jim, is he going to wash his hands? No, he's not. Disgusting. Are we going to shut this place down? Yes, we are. <laughs> not saying that YFC do anything like that. Um, it, it makes you grateful for this kind of, this this beautiful parade of inspectors. I know. Out there safeguarding well, that's the us. Thing. And it starts to make me think about, because, you know, f- there's a thing about food standards, but also, um, yeah, there was food hygiene, but also food standards. If you kind of go back to, um, this is a brilliant thing about the Victorians, because I knew that the Victorians were crazy in what they put in their food. Um, you know, the food legislation is a relatively recent thing. So, before, so the Victorians were kind of that era where people started to buy things outside the home but and things started to be manufactured, but they didn't have any legislation. So um, this is, uh, in 1872, Dr. Hassel um, looked into bread um, and found that it had alum in it, which is kind of not necessarily poisonous, but um, could lower the nutritional value of other food because basically they used to put everything in it that was cheaper than flour um so uh other poisonous additives uh strychnine and cocculus inculus which apparently both hallucinogens that cocculus inculus sounds like (laughs) the shell of the devil doesn't it (laughs) that's awful i know this is amazing um lead chromated in in mustard and snuff Sulfate of iron in tea and be- beer, uh, lime sulfic and turmeric. Well, turmeric's all right in Chinese tea. Copper carbonate, lead sulfate, bisulfate of mercury, and Venetian lead in sugar confectionery. Bloody hell! I know. And chocolate, lead in wine and cider. Um, oh my god! Red lead gave Gloucester cheese its healthy red hue. <gasps> That's oh. amazing. Um, in 1877, the local government board thought that no. approximately a quarter of the milk it examined contained excessive water or chalk and that 10% of all the butter, over 8% of the bread and 50% of the gin had copper in them to heighten the colour. That's sick. I know. It does make you grateful for all these, uh, the Food Standards Agency yeah. and their really dry website. At least they can focus on it and learn all that stuff. Somebody has to. Thank God. Thank God for them. I know. Thank God for them testing that. So I can, I mean, you have a certain responsibility not to lick raw chicken. Yeah. Or eat flaky paint. Yeah. Things like that, you know. Yeah. But if you're kind of exercising reasonable responsibility in your your diet, you kind of want to be sure that... that, that You're not going to be caught unawares in some unavoidable thing. Now, where do you stand on uh, on physical contaminants to food, such as uh, broken glass, cockroaches? I'm all right with a bit of broken glass. Cockroaches, I'm, I was subject strongly to. <laughs> yeah, real life experience of cockroaches uh. on my part. And actually, yeah, the, okay, actual real life cockroaches kind of 
make the hairs on my neck stand up. Yes. They're not common in this country. No, thank God. They're disgusting. And they really... Oh, God, I've seen a couple of really big ones in my time. Oh, oh, they, oh, they, oh, they, oh. they were wretch-worthy, honestly. Oh, I know. I actually... Oh, it just makes me feel so ill just thinking about it. Oh, sorry, no, sorry, too, sorry. Me too. Me too. I used to... In Kent, I kind of encountered them at the... Because it's warm enough down there. Oh. It was, uh, student accommodation. Oh, Cockroach. No. I thought like I was going to... Oh. Just Ralph on the spot. Yeah. No, kind of like, you know, that feeling you kind of feel slightly weak. Yeah. You're so disgusted. You just kind of feel like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lie down. Just flibber. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> you have to steal yourself to get through it. Like, I'm going to dispose of this <laughs> cockroach. Um, yeah. Tube of uh, tomato puree. Wouldn't tube... Well, it seemed to be blocked. Oh. So, uh, oh, it wasn't me. Don't. His friend's mother cut out the uh, cut the tube open and found the cockroach. Oh, that's just so vile. I know. <laughs> I know. I was really blasé about it at the time. It was. I was just like, hi, oh, awesome. You got free stuff from them when you went to complain about it. Yeah. <laughs> to get compensation. Brilliant. I want to find a cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> But what if you don't find it until the end of the tube? I think it was. Oh, God. Oh, that's worse. Oh, no, no. She had, she'd kind of only got partway through it. Oh, that's... Oh, she'd used cockroach tomato puree. I know. Taint. I know. The taint. taint. The taint. But, you know, the kind of organic matter like that, I'm, I'm kind of, you know... Sort of all right with. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm even... And this is probably gross. Go on. I'm even okay with kind of hair. No, I think I am too. Yeah, I'll probably go. It's uh, not the worst hair. thing. It's not. It's just not. Um, I, I said it's not then, but I, I, I didn't mean to get onto yeah, that one. Well, yeah, well, uh, you know, I prefer not to have snot. Thanks. Yeah, but I then prefer that's not. never visible. No, um, I prefer to pluck a hair out of my food than say find out too late that I'd eaten some ground glass. Yes. That that that's a problem then, isn't it? Yes. When yeah, your insides a, are shredded. Yeah. <laughs> it was always a problem. Um when I used to work in a bar because uh you always have we have big ice wells. And you know what you really don't want to happen in the middle of a Saturday night? For a glass to fall from the ice well and break. Oh no, so you couldn't use any of it? No, you'd have to get rid of the whole lot, clean out the ice well. And start again. Start again. Because obviously there was no way you could serve anyone from that. Because with a big smile on your yeah. face, have <laughs> it, bastards. <laughs> I think I'm gonna die. Um, yeah, no, we. Didn't. Someone's getting a free tonsillectomy. Oh, oh, I know. Yeah, there's something about. Isn't there like some guy who kind of eats glass or something? The the like that is a visualization of eating glass. Makes me feel a little bit. Yeah, it, twitchy. Oh. That 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 is something twitchy that, and weak, and yeah, you feel like something's crawling over you, don't you? It's horrible. Yeah, it, that was some some idea that I'm I'm probably I'm probably not not so uh, not so keen on. Maybe we should move on, move on from the horror, the horror of the glass in the food. That is pretty bad. But um, anyway, so so we touched on yeah, we touched chemical on contamination. Chem- chemical. We've looked, touched on physical. Uh, we've looked a little bit of microbiological and the, the horror of mass outbreaks, what you can do p- to prevent it. Just don't be a moron. I mean, like if you're at home and you're kind of thinking, yeah, d- don't. And I was reading through all the things it recommends you kind of don't do. And you're like, yeah, really? But then maybe it's just because we know or yeah. just had been educated enough that 
Yeah. That well, this is it. I mean, you don't it, mix cooked and raw items. But you already know that if you grew up in a household where you're encouraged to, to participate and, and, yeah. and somebody was on hand to say, you don't do that because, well, you'll be really, really sick. Yeah. And it kind of sticks there. But if, if you're somebody who's just, who just has a, you know, a microwave meal plonked down in front of them every single day as a child, how would you know anything? Well, I suppose, but I surely you must know that, like, yeah, bacteria live no, on one pe- thing and then can grow on yeah, another. It's, it, it, you have to be told. Everyone has to be told at some point. And I, and I think that's what you, we were saying how kind of the, the whole food hygiene and food science aspect of it might be a bit boring, but I think it, it's a must. Yeah. It, it shouldn't be something kids can opt into in school. I think it, you, don't, you definitely ought to be able to feed yourself without endangering yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Although maybe it's just a form of natural selection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too stupid to live. <laughs> Yeah, but the thing is, I suppose you might take other people with you, yeah. which is kind of... Un- a, oh. Yeah, which is unfair, Not really, fair. It's it? not no, fair. No, no, you should just... You should. Okay, yeah, like things like pop quiz. What temperature should um, cold food be stored below? I don't know. Eight degrees. Eight degrees. Eight degrees. I could have told you that if I'd have been looking at my fridge uh. at the time. <laughs> how, what many hours, how many hours can cold food be stored out of the fridge for safely? What out of a fridge? Well, you what? know, if you're if you're preparing food yes. and you have like cold food and it may get over eight degrees, what? How long can you keep it out of the fridge if you're like, say you had in, some chopped in onions? Hours. Yeah, yeah. Oh, say you've had some like uh, chopped food, yeah, like some chopped onions, and you had them on the side. Say you were doing service in a restaurant. But surely that's different if it's if it's if it's ver- if it's vegetables than yeah. say cold meats. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. Cold meats you can't really do. No. That. But uh, four hours. Interesting. But you can only do cold food. Hot food must be kept above 63 degrees C. But you can keep it below that for two hours. Ah. So that's the window. I suppose that's the window at which but like little bacteria can breed. My window of opportunity. Yeah, because that's the thing, right? Because safe food is not that there isn't any bacteria on it. Yeah. It's just that it's at a safe level that it's but not going to kill with, you. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know... The word blossom is just so kind of evocative, isn't it? And, so, and it, it wouldn't usually make me think of, tr- of cherry blossom and trees. and Which you know, are fantastic but, at the moment. But then when I read the thing about rice kind of spores, blossoming. Oh, oh thanks. Oh. oh, just just take that word, Mia. Blossom. Just take that word and, and, and blossom like ruin a virus it for me. in your dish. Oh, blooming. Oh. oh, they bloomed. Oh, <laughs> oh. Do you know there are some people who kind of I don't know if you've ever met them thinking about this kind of basic standards of food hygiene. Who you think? How are you still alive? Yeah. <laughs> like I, I here's one. I mean, I I know so I know a couple of people who who store things in tin cans in the fridge once they've been opened. I used to do that, you know. Yep. How am I still I think, alive? I think I think I think I once did it on my mother. Like snapped my hand off. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like that like time she caught me sticking bobby pins into the plug socket. <laughs> no! no, the knife into the toaster. I've had quite a few near misses, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were a child who ate fr- ice yeah. from the freezer as well. <laughs> freezer ice. That was the most brilliant. It tasted really good. So freaking. <laughs> tasted really nice. Don't know if I can deal By with it. By the spoonful. 
Maybe it was the metallic tang of the stainless steel. I've once had a spoon once it's been in there. It was good. It was good. It makes me I mean, feel a bit strange, man. Maybe this is why I, ha- I hardly ever get ill because I've got so much <laughs> <laughs> tolerance now. Yeah, fucking take on a thing. Yeah, we see. I I very rarely get stomach upsets. Yes. Yeah. You know, so yeah, there clearly is <laughs> clearly something in it. My my laissez faire attitude <laughs> to uh, to food storage because yeah, I I get quite like things like really really killing your chicken or your pork because you're absolutely paranoid that it mm. has to be cooked through. I'm like, look, if it's cooked through, it's cooked through. You don't need to char it. No, you don't. For it. Actually, this is, yeah, there's a friend, a friend of, in fact, Stu Perry, who broadcasts on uh, for those, those about to rock, uh, which is another show put out by Simply Syndicated. We ought to just get him on the show one time because he is the biggest food criminal in the world. Um, but he mostly eats meat and potatoes. Oh my God. He doesn't do vegetables, but. I remember coming back to the house and they were podcasting and there was like smoke billowing out of the oven. I said, what's going on? And he's like, well, the chicken looked a bit dodgy. So, uh, but it wasn't dodgy. It was just expiring on the day. Yeah. Uh, so I thought I'd better really cook it <laughs> to oh. make sure that it was, that it was Let's done. Let's it for four hours. Yeah. And pull out instead of a whole chicken. Now it's just like this kind of nugget. That's how you get a chicken nugget. <laughs> you, know, you, can... <laughs> you, you char it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Which is make me laugh. And things like people washing meat, don't need to do that. Shouldn't do that, in fact. Just kind of sloshes the bacteria all around and stuff before they prepare it. I, I, that's something I've never done. Yeah, well, don't. I looked at you with, with wide eyes and thinking, Christ, is that something I've not been doing that I should have done? No, don't do it. No, don't I never do. do. No, and I it just wanna... basically sloshes it over your sink yeah. and over... I mean, unless it's kind of, you know... Unless it's, I don't know, fish and you just need to get a couple of scales off or something. Yeah, fair enough. But, but yeah, but don't, oh, good. don't wash I your chicken. I think I'm all right, you know. I don't think I've done anything too major. No, yeah. I don't think I've done any major, real major, like, death ones. Well, clearly, because I'm still alive. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, all still good. chomping through the contents of your cupboard. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I've just remembered yes. the, the competition. Yes, because I think, really, we've now put you off food enough. For, Defo. For, you know, rest of your life. At least a week. Yeah, that's it. Good. You know, it's our public service, really. We like <laughs> We're here to help. But um, for once, I'm quite excited by this. We've actually made it to the end of the episode. Not lost the will to live. Um, <laughs> I can't eat anything anymore. <laughs> I'm just going to bake everything to shit. Um, I've got a little freebie to give away. We've got a little nice little freebie, Ooh. which I'm, I'm quite pleased about. This is actually the first time I've managed to get a freebie. By saying I'm a, I'm a food, I'm a food. Well, they were asking for food bloggers, and I'm not a food blogger. I said I'm a food podcaster. Don't you know? Give yeah. me something. And they did. It was so exciting. Marvelous. I've got to try this more often. Oh yeah, right off to people stuff. and saying, uh, I'm gonna food. But obviously, I don't want to make this. Sh- we don't want to make this show like just one advertorial. Yeah. <laughs> No, <laughs> that'd be awesome. That would be amazing. We do it. Like Mia and Gloria eat <laughs> loads of free stuff. And then tell <laughs> this you about is, it. If you were here chasing this, this would be so yummy. <laughs> you can buy this at. Yeah, but I actually one. like the look of, of this little book. It's oh, it's really cute. nice. It's, it's published by a local a local publishing um, organization called Leeds Guide, who are great and kind of you know 
do listings yeah. and everything and, and kind of really invested in York. So they've done this Yorkshire Chef's cookbook, which is really cute. And it's a nice little spiral bound thing with kind of some really interesting recipes from local chefs around the area. I think it's a, I think it's good to notice that it's not going to be largely based on Yorkshire puddings and actual kind of Yorkshire specialities. It's more that these are, you know... Chefs who are based in Yorkshire. Yeah, and, yeah. and happen to be good and have real recipes. And I, I was looking thinking, polenta? There's yeah, plenty mentioned here. Yeah. That's not Yorkshire, but yeah, no. Yeah, you no. know, there's kind of like smoked seafood chowder and zim Lots of things. And, and, and lots of really like nice looking things, actually. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so I thought I'd offer this as a giveaway. And the way to enter, mm-hmm. I think, we, we kind of thought about the best way to, to get people to... Uh, to this i've just realized i've got to check out what the date is and will be next week ah. oh yes of course okay before wow i'm really good at this okay so in order to win this a little prize um can you go to the forums and under our section of crimes against food i will start a thread mm-hmm. and the question that i want you to answer is tell me your favorite cookbook and why yes and why you know it doesn't have to be a long drawn answer just a couple of sentences and the competition will close on saturday the 8th of may mm-hmm. on sunday we will look at the answers and we will pick a winner <laughs> and we will contact them and get their address and send them a little book that's nice it's nice isn't it i'm quite pleased about it <gasps> Ooh, oh excited are you are you excited about about this i just I'm saw glad. something big flying around your head is is it a bee? I'm not sure. I can't see it. It's a, oh, it, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Oh, yeah. We ought to wrap this up because I'm about to launch myself through the through the balcony doors. And, Screaming. And, and yeah, and on off off the off the edge. Okay. Well, I think <laughs> Me and Steel, afraid. <laughs> and uh, this has been Crimes Against Food. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Read any good books lately? If you've read something that you think is worth telling others about, then why not make your own episode of Books You Should Read? All you need to do is record a review of your book, making sure it's at least five minutes long, and email it to booksyoushouldread at simplysyndicated.com. If there's a book you'd like to review but you can't record a show, then why not write a review and have it published on Simply Read? Being part of Simply Syndicated is as easy as that. We can't wait to see what you come up with.